let's try this again. Good evening. Good evening. All right, let's all stand. Everybody stand. How many of y'all got to see the building? Amen. Amen. Find 20 people you don't know. Greet them. Let them know how glad you are to see them tonight at Wednesday night Bible study. Church, say amen. amen. Grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles, turn with me to James chapter number 3. About two years ago, we started a series in James. <laughs> That's what it seems like. My goodness. Uh, usually we try to do a, a, a preview of what we, we have already done, kind of rehearse and go over it, and then uh, we're going to have to do a serious one this time, Amen. Uh, the, the weather and everything messing up what's going on, but I'm glad to be back. Y'all glad to be back this Wednesday night? Amen. Amen. Well, we are in James chapter number three, uh, James chapter number three and verse number 13, uh, where we stopped, we have been dealing with a subject, uh, dealing with the influences in our life, the influences in our life. Uh, kind of why we do what we do and, 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 and so forth and so on. So we're going to read, and then we'll do a, a brief recap. If you need a lesson, if you need a lesson, did we have enough? Do we have something? If you need a lesson, raise your hand. Here's what I did. Here's what I did. I made it easy on you because I know sometimes we forget to get our lessons, and it's been so long. So what I did is I redone all of the lessons, and I, I, I gave you all the answers up into where we're going to be tonight. That way, if you miss the others, you already have the answers to it, and then you can fill it in tonight. Am I not awesome? Okay, all right, all right. So, so I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. If you, need, if you need a lesson, raise your hand. Raise your hand if you need a lesson. If you need a lesson. Anybody. All right. I think that gets everybody. I think that gets everybody. You need two, Johnny. You keep that up. All right, James chapter number 3, let's look in verse number 13. If you found your spot, say amen. amen. All right, who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. In other words, if you say or you think you're a wise person, you need to act like it. I think you could, I think you could put that with anything in life. Uh, if you're going to say you're a Christian, you need to act like a Christian. Your walk needs to back up your talk. Amen? He says, But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. 
For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Father, thank you so much for the crowd that's here tonight. Thank you for uh, a warm day and no rain. Thank you for a building that's almost done. Thank you for the opportunity to, to dig into your word and to learn and to grow and to, uh, uh, Lord, encourage one another, love on one another tonight and, and exhort one another uh, as the church is supposed to do. And God, I pray that you'll help us to take this to heart and be honest with ourselves tonight. The things that we learn, the things that we hear, I pray that we'll apply it to our own lives. I pray that we won't leave here without uh, uh, taking something and applying it to our life in such a way that we can be more like Christ. And God, I'll praise you and thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, you can be seated. Let's do the preview. Let's, let's, let's review uh, what we have tried to cover so far. Uh, we, the word here is wisdom. Where, what wisdom are we following? Uh, wisdom from above, which is from God, the Holy Spirit, from the Scriptures, from uh, the right sources? Or are we listening to the wrong sources? Wisdom from below. Uh, so we use the word influence. Say that word with me. Influence. Everybody say it. Influence. So wherever you see the word wisdom here, I want, you to, I want you to think in your mind influence. What is influencing me? What is influencing my life? What is influencing my direction? What is influencing my decisions? What is influencing the things that I do in life, the things that I don't do in life? What is influencing me? What kind of influence is in my life? According to these verses, there's two different kinds. Or actually, there's two different areas, two different directions they come from. Uh, first is from God, from above. It uses the, the terminology from above and then beneath. Now, the ones beneath, this is what we said. It's kind of three parts. It's kind of three parts. Look, at, look what it says in verse number 15. Verse 15. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. Now, we use those three words to teach us something. We are influenced in a wrong way. We are influenced in a wrong way by, the, by this world that we live in, earthly. In other words, the culture. The culture wants to dictate uh, uh, the way we live our life. And it's always in the wrong way. Anytime you see the world in representation in the Bible, it's always wicked and it's always evil. He says, be not conformed to this world. What does he mean by that? He's talking about the culture. He's talking about the culture that we live in and the atmosphere we live in. How many of y'all know that, that, that Hollywood wants to tell you how to dress? Hollywood, uh, men, Hollywood wants to tell you it's okay to shack up and, and sleep around. Hollywood wants to tell you it's okay to behave in certain manners and that this lifestyle is okay and that lifestyle is okay. And they are trying to influence you. They are trying to apply pressure to you. It says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. We said that word conform means to apply pressure into a mold. And this world is trying to pressure you into a way of living or a lifestyle. So, we're, we're influenced by the world, earthly. Then it uses the word uh, uh, sensual. That's the flesh. That's the flesh. In other words, you, you not only have to fight the world, but you have to fight your own self. 
Uh, sometimes our worst enemy is looking at us in the mirror. Sometimes I don't want to pray. Sometimes I don't want to go to church. Sometimes I don't want to be Christian. Sometimes I want to use words I'm not supposed to. I need a witness. Hello? Sometimes I don't want to forgive. Sometimes, is this making sense? And i got to fight my own flesh. You know, the, 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 Bible, the Bible uses terminology like this. Uh, we, are, we are to get the flesh under subjection. We're, we crucify the flesh daily. We are to control. Listen, and it's a fight. It's a fight. You say, preacher, I've got insomnia. Well, start reading your Bible. <laughs> reading your Bible is better than Ambien. Hey, hey, it never fails. It never fails. We can be in life group. And it's about time to go, and it, we, we're going to dismiss in prayer. And anytime I start leading in prayer, dear Heavenly Father, oh. does anybody know what I'm talking about? You try to stop long enough to read your Bible, and all of a sudden you're sleepy. What is that? The flesh is wicked. The flesh doesn't want to do right. The flesh doesn't want to act right. So we deal with that influence in our life. Not only do we deal with the world and the culture, we deal with the flesh. Then look what it says, verse 15. And devilish. we got to deal with the devil and his partners. Uh, you, you ever heard the phrase, the devil made me do it? There's some truth to that. Now, we can't always blame that, but there is some truth to his influence in our life. So we said there's bad influence. The world, the flesh and the devil then we said there's good influence there's good influence that's from above now how do we how do we allow that influence to take take root in our life through the scriptures all right say that with me through the through the scriptures through the scriptures we read god's word there is power in god's word he said ye are clean through the word that i've spoken unto you this is in john 15 he says you're purged in other words, as we take the Word of God in and we receive the Word of God and we, and we read it and we study it, it comes in and, and it does the work on the inside. Does that make sense? Amen? The Scriptures. The Scriptures will help us make decisions. You say, I want to know what God wants. Read the Bible. I want to know what God thinks. Read the Bible. The Bible is God's mind on paper. God will never lead you to do something contrary to His Word. Are y'all with me? Now, now, so we're influenced by God through the Scriptures. We're influenced by God through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you. I've heard people say, I believe God, the Holy Spirit, is telling me to do such and such. And I say, no, he's not. He says, well, how do you know? I say, it's because the Bible says that's... How do you know it's the Holy Spirit? You can back it up with the Bible. That's always, that's always the litmus test, if you will. Always. If you want to know if it's God speaking to you, what does the Bible say about it? If what, because you hear people, all, well, I've got a new revelation or I've got a vision. Well, if your vision is not supported by God's word, it was the burrito you ate. Say amen. <laughs> it was not God. Are y'all with me? I'm, I'm sorry. That was a little facetious. That comment was not led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, all right, now, now, we saw, we saw what, what are some evidences. This is number two, the contrast in operations. There, 
we saw a contrast in origins, where they come from, from above, from beneath. Then we said there was some contrast in operations. Uh, what are some evidences of false wisdom? What's number one? Envy. Envy. We're not going to go over that. We know what that is. Number two? Strife. Strife. That's fighting, arguing, fussing, having issues and struggling, uh, trying to get people on your side. Uh, number three? Boasting, bragging. We talked about that the last time, big time. Uh, 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 nobody likes a bragger. Amen. Uh, uh, let other people brag about you. Amen. Matter of fact, don't, don't brag about you. Brag about God. Amen. Number four, deceit. We'll, we'll catch ourselves lying. Anytime you brag, you got to lie to back up your bragging. Amen. All right. Now, now, then we talked about uh, uh, when we're being led by the Lord, we're being led by the Spirit. There's some evidence of that influence in our life. The first one, number one, is meekness. Meekness. What do we say that was? That was power under control. All right? While you're turning back, while you're turning back, uh, we're not through with that one yet. Turn it back. I see y'all ain't being led either. Amen? All right, look at the, look at the second paragraph. I want you to underline this because... Because you, you already did this in your other notes, but I want you to make sure and have it in this one. It says the phrase meekness of wisdom. Do you all see that part? The second paragraph. The phrase meekness of wisdom is an interesting one. Watch this here. This is what I want you to underline. Meekness is the right use of power, and wisdom is the right use of knowledge. I want you to underline that in your notes. Meekness is the right use of power. Wisdom is the right use of knowledge. And we gave the illustration that meekness, it's really described as this. You have this powerful horse who's got muscles bulging out everywhere, who could probably do anything in the world, but he's under the control. He's under the, the influence and the control of the rider. In other words, it's, it's all of that power of that horse controlled, and that's the way we are to be. We are to have power. We're not to be weak, and we're not to be wimpy, and we're not to be sissies. We're to be, we're to be strong in the Lord, but that strength should be under control. It should be under control, all right? Meekness, number two. Number two. Y'all afraid to turn now, aren't you? Amen. Number two, all right? What, what, does, what does following the Lord do for us? It not only uh, produces meekness, and, and let me say this too. Let me say this, because uh, uh, I, was, I was remembering this. Meekness is a fruit. Meekness is a fruit. Now, what do I mean by that? If you were not here back then, if you were not here back then to go over, you, you really got to get this. And I didn't want to take all this time, but I, 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 we got to do this because it's been so long since we talked about it. Uh, meekness is not something you can work up. Y'all with me? You just can't say, okay, this morning I'm going to be meek today. It don't work that way. Meekness is a fruit. Fruit cannot be manufactured. You can go to a factory and you can produce a chair, but you cannot go to a factory and get a grape. You cannot go to a factory and get an orange. You see, fruit comes from life. Fruit comes from life. And, 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 and more specifically, we're all adults in here, uh, fruit comes from intimacy. And, and you say, what does this have to do with this? Uh, meekness is not going to come because you decide to be meek. Meekness is going to come when you have a close, intimate relationship with Christ and you start spending time with Him and you grow closer to Him and when you have an intimate relationship with Christ, you will bear fruit in your life and meekness is one of them. Does this make sense? 
So, let's, let's get closer to God. You say, preach, I'm going to try to be meek this week. Don't do that. Because you can't do that. Spend more time with God. And it will be there automatically. Does that make sense? All right, now, the second thing. Not only meekness, but purity. Purity. I think that's, that's, that's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, we need to be holy. Uh, we need to be righteous. We need to be chaste. And God wants us to be pure. And the, the more time we spend with him, the cleaner we'll be. Number three, peace, peace. How many of y'all could use more of that in your life? I, I, I don't, I, I, as I was studying all this, as I was studying all this, it dawned on me. There, there's not a whole lot of people on Facebook that's, that's, that's uh, walking with a higher influence. If you are constantly having drama in your life, then something's not right. Do you know the Bible says that when, when, when you do right according to the Lord and you're walking with God, that God, this is what the Bible says, not my opinion or not what I think. It says God will, it will make even your enemies to be at peace with you. Now, peace. I don't know about you, but I like peace. I, I don't like chaos. I don't like, I don't, I, I, I hate to admit this, and, and, uh, but the other day, Two weeks ago, uh, actually, it was last Sunday too. Uh, we it, there was like a bunch of people getting saved in the in the in the third service, and so the service went kind of long, and and we was baptizing too, so we kind of got out kind of late. And uh, and and Terry Pines has has uh, lunch on Sunday. It's real close. I had to go there and get back because I had a lot of stuff going on. And uh, so I went over there and I walked through the doors, and it was like thirty minutes till they closed. They have a buffet there, and 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 there, and there wasn't a soul in there. Not a soul. Are y'all with me? And I said, is it okay? Said, oh, yeah, come on in, come on in. And, and me and Tammy was sitting there, not a soul. Are y'all with me? Frank Sinatra playing on the radio. I need a witness. <laughs> hey, I was sitting there, and I said, Lord God, I'm in heaven. Amen. This is wonderful. Then, <clears throat> yesterday, uh, we had... Uh, Brother Josh, y'all know he's trying to kill me. Y'all do realize that, right? <laughs> Josh knows I've got to lose some weight. We've, we've got some issues, and I've got to lose. So he's, he's been my trainer and all that. And, and, uh, and, and, and the man's sick, man. I want y'all to know that. He has got problems. <laughs> we went to the gym. We went to the gym last night, and it was later than we normally do because we was working so late up here at the church. And I walked in that gym, and there was 5,000 people in a room about this side right here. I walked down, oh. I started hyperventilating. He thought I'd done run a mile, and I felt like I had, amen. And, it, it's, and in my mind, it just looked chaotic. I love peace. I love peace. And you know, we go through life sometimes, and we feel like it's just chaos all the time. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Something's always going on. Something's all... now. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that if you live your Christian life and you walk with Jesus and everything's going to be a, you know, a field of daisies. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying this: that when we go through chaotic situations, we will still be at peace. And God can give us that peace even when we're in a difficult time and in a struggle. Does that make sense? In the storm, we can still be okay. Amen. Now, peace, purity, meekness. Now, here's where we stopped. Here's where we stopped. Number four. Number four, look what the Bible says in verse 17. Verse 17. So are we all caught up now? 
Amen. All right, here we go. But with the wisdom that is from above, first pure, then peaceable, we covered them. Then, what's the word? Gentle. I want you to write gentleness down. Number four, gentleness. I, I looked up some verses to go, to go with this one to kind of give us, a, kind of give us a, a picture of this. Matthew Arnold, Matthew Arnold liked to call this sweet reasonableness. It carries the meaning of moderation without compromise, gentleness without weakness. And, and underline this right here. Underline this right here. The gentle person does not deliberately cause fights, but neither does he compromise the truth in order to keep peace. Now watch, watch these verses right here. I looked up several verses. I didn't give these to you, so they're just going to have to listen to me because I, I, I kind of did this last minute. Uh, listen, listen close to this. Listen close. When we're talking about the word gentle or gentleness, First uh, Thessalonians, First Thessalonians two seven. Uh, Paul is talking to the Thessalonian church, and he was talking about how they treated the people when they came to them. He said, "But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children." Uh, I saw I saw in the auditorium a while ago a little bitty baby about this big right here. And I saw different people holding that baby. Not just the mother, but especially the mother. When you hold that little bitty baby, do you see how gentle they hold? That's what he's saying. That's, what, that's the word he's using. Now watch. Now watch. First Timothy, he, Paul is talking to Timothy. Paul's talking to Timothy and teaching him how a bishop should be, how a pastor should be. This is the true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no, what's that word? Striker. Oh, that's right, you don't have it. <laughs> Boy, these things are spoiling me, amen. All right. You should know it anyway. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. All right, watch. Not greedy of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler. Not a brawler. Now watch. It's a, and not covetous. Watch this, 2 Timothy 2.24. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle. Under, see the, those two words there. Those two words. First in 1 Timothy was not a brawler. Then he must not strive, not a, not a fighter, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach and patient. Now watch how he puts them together in Titus chapter 3. Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. What's that mean? What's that mean? What's he saying there, that, that, that we'll be gentle? There's gentleness there. It's mean you ain't going to want to fight all the time. Have you ever seen people just love to fight? Just love to argue and was mad if there wasn't something to be mad about. When, when, you're, when, you're walking, when you're walking with Christ, when you're walking with Christ and you're spending time with Christ, you're going to be a peacemaker. You're going you're to be one who is not only at peace, but you're going to be one that produces peace. Of course, I, I love, have you ever seen, have you ever been in a situation, have you ever been in a situation where, where there was a little bit of tension in the room and a certain godly person just walked in the room and it just seemed like all of a sudden a calmness came. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? 
And, and, and the Bible says the way we are, if we're walking with God, if we're being influenced by the wisdom from above, that we will be gentle. We, will be, we won't be harsh. We won't be rough. Now, I know, I know this is going to... Do you realize sometimes, sometimes we treat strangers better than we treat people close to us? I, I've caught myself doing this. I've caught myself doing this. Me and Tammy will be just... And the phone ring. How you doing? Because now, it's Pastor Carter on the phone. Are y'all with me? And you know what? And, and, and I hang up the phone, and the Holy Spirit, he smokes me and saying, you're going to talk to a total stranger better than you talk to your own spouse. Now, y'all with me? Why don't we start treating each other this way? And being gentle, not argumentative, not a fighter, not a brawler. He goes in, 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 in even more detail. The second one, five. Compliance. I want you to work, write that word down. Number five, compliance. Look what he says in verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and then easy to be entreated. Easy to be entreated. What does that mean? What does that mean? Let me read this and we'll talk about it. God's wisdom makes the believer agreeable and easy to live with and to work with. Man's wisdom makes a person hard and stubborn. Anybody know some stubborn folks? The, <laughs> maybe we shouldn't have said amen quite so loud right there. Amen. <laughs> the compliant person, watch this right here. The compliant person is willing to hear all sides of a question. This is, man, I'm telling you, if, if you don't get nothing tonight, if you don't get nothing tonight, Pay close attention right here. Watch this right here. The compliant person is willing to hear all sides of the question, not just his side or not just her side. Watch. Uh, he does this, but yet does not compromise his own convictions. Now, let me, let me clarify this. He can disagree without being disagreeable. Now, how does he do that? He's swift to hear. Slow to speak, slow to wrath. What does that mean? It means before he runs his mouth, he thinks about it. Let me tell you what gets most people in trouble. Is their mouth goes into dry before their brain does. And then we start saying stuff before we think about it. And then after we think about it, we can't take back what we said. Be swift to hear. Somebody said it this way, God gave you two ears and one mouth. You need to do twice as much listening as you do speaking. Amen? Swift to hear. Slow to speak. Slow to wrath. Now watch, watch. This is really, this is really, this, I, I tell you what, in fundamentalism, in the church world, this is huge. Many people think that stubbornness is conviction. And they must have their own way. When God's wisdom is at work, watch what will happen. Watch what happens. When you're walking with God, this is what you'll do. There is a willingness to, to say, say it with me. There's a willingness to and, and, and 
whatever God reveals. I mean, let's do that again. There is a willingness to and 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 yeah. Mm. So y'all leave that part off. Let's read it. I want y'all to say, obey whatever God reveals, all right? There's a willingness to, 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 and. Now, what, what does that mean? What does that mean? That word, easy to be entreated, means yield to persuasion. Here's what it means. There are churches all over America that have some long-standing traditions that are unbiblical. And here's what they do. Bless God, I'm not changing. And, and I've heard some brag this way. I've heard some brag this way. I've been, I've been such and such a way for 30 years, and I've never changed. Well, that means you've never grown. It means you never learned anything. Now, there's some things. There's some things that I, I've, been, I've been saved several, several years now, and, uh, and, and, and I'm the same. And I haven't changed because I can back it up with my Bible. And I'm convinced by the Lord that that's what the Bible says. But there have been things in my life that godly people have come into my life and spoken to my life and said, now, preacher, you're saying this right here, but watch what the Bible says. And they show me in the Bible, and I had to say, yep, that's what the Bible says. There's been times I stood in the pulpit and I said to this church, Church, I've been telling you this, this way, but this is not what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says, and this is what we're going to do from now on. But everybody can't do that. If you're not being influenced or using the wisdom from above, guess what you'll do? I don't like it. I'm not changing, and here's what you'll do. I'm not even listening. You know what? I, I saw a bumper sticker. They don't really... They don't really mean it. They, they mean it in a, a whole lot more liberal and, and ungodly way than, than, but I like the bumper sticker. A mind is like a parachute. It only works when it's open. You know what most people try to do? And this is sad. But most people try to find the verse to support what they believe. Instead of taking a verse and believing what it says. That's right. Boy, I should do this on Sunday morning. Amen. I've been meaning up on Sunday morning. I better back off a little bit. Amen. Hey, you don't have to, when you're preaching God's word, you don't have to back off none. You can, you can hunker down. Amen. Are you willing? First, are you just willing to listen? Are you willing to listen? You'll never, you'll never go beyond where you are right now unless you're willing to listen. Don't be afraid to listen to somebody else's thought. Don't be afraid. I, I, there was a time, there was a time when somebody tried to tell me something they believed. La 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 la. I don't want to listen. I don't want to. Oh, don't 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 say. It. And you say, why not? Because I was afraid he was right. And you see, my fear of him being right, it, all it did was reveal pride. I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to admit that I was wrong. How many of y'all know pride is a real powerful thing? 
But do you know what this says? This says if you're walking with God and you're being influenced from above, you'll, you'll be easy to be entreated. In other words, you'll listen to persuasion. If somebody shows you in the book, I mean this. I mean this. I, I, I've sat with people and, and they've had issues. Well, I think you're doing this and I think you're doing that. And and I said, that's okay. All right. Uh, here's what we'll do then. And I've done this on more than one occasion. I've taken my Bible and I've said it in front of them, in between me and them. I said, here's what we'll do. If you can show me something that I'm doing that I'm not supposed to be in this book, or if you can show me something that I'm not doing that I should be doing in this book, Sunday morning, I will stand in the pulpit and apologize and say, this is what the Bible says, we're changing. And you know what? They can never take him up on it. And, and then they're again on the flip side of that coin. I can say, I, I know what you're saying, and I hear what you're saying, but let me show you what the Bible says. Listen, there have been people, there have been people that literally will, <laughs> this has come out of their mouths. I don't care what the Bible says. And this is the next statement. I feel like, do you know how dangerous a statement that is? If you do not have a final authority in your life, you see, your feelings may be different than somebody else's feelings. My feelings may be different than this front row's feelings. But that book will never change. And the truth of God's Word will always be the truth of God's Word. Preacher, what are you saying? Be willing to listen. Be willing to listen and, and to hear. And then here's, here's what I say. Here's what I say. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. In the last couple of weeks, there have been people that's really not been happy with what I've been preaching. And, 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 and they've been a little frustrated even to the point of getting upset. And, and I understand that. Because if I've been told one thing my whole life and then I hear something totally different, that's kind of, that's kind of upsetting. But here's what, here's what I said. If you will just trust the Holy Spirit to lead you according to the Scriptures, everything will be all right. But don't base a belief or a stand or a conviction on anything but God's Word. And we'll be all right. Amen? Easy to be entreated. Do you, do you give in to truth? Are you easy to receive truth and change? Are you easy to take truth and use it and say, hey, if you can show me, hey, I'm willing to go. If you can show me where this is different or this is... How are you in that area? According to the Bible... If you're walking with God, that's not an issue. All right? Uh, what one what, what are you on here? Six. Six. Mercy. Have mercy. It says in verse 17, there's not only peaceable, not only gentle, not only easy to be entreated, but he's full. Say it with me. He's full of mercy to be full of something means to be controlled by the person who follows god's wisdom is controlled by mercy 
Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. God in His grace, here's the difference between grace and mercy. God in His grace gives us what we do not deserve. That's heaven. Nobody in this tent deserves heaven. Nobody alive deserves heaven. Listen, we're all undone. We're all sinners. But because of His grace, there's a mansion in glory. Because of His grace, we're going to a place where there'll be no sorrow, no suffering, no tears, no cry. Are y'all with me? That's simply because of His grace. But watch. His grace is us not getting what we deserve. uh, Or us getting what we don't deserve. But His mercy, in His mercy, He does not give us what we do deserve. What's that? Hell. Mercy says, I'm not going to hell. Grace says, I get to go to heaven. Now, how many of y'all can get excited about that? All right. Let's try that again. How many of y'all can get excited about that? How, how many of you can get excited over the fact that you're not getting what you deserve? Okay. Okay. Then the next time somebody does you wrong, can you get excited about not giving them what they deserve? Because that's mercy. The next time somebody cusses you out, the next time somebody treats you wrong, the next time somebody abuses you and, 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 and takes advantage of you and, 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 you know, and doesn't treat you like a brother and sister in Christ, can you say, can you give them a smile? Say, they don't deserve it. Exactly. You know, one of the greatest examples of mercy in the Bible is the Good Samaritan. See, to really understand that, Good Samaritan, you know, he, he was, he was the, the Jews looked down upon him because they were a mixed-race people. They were half Assyrian and half, half Jew, and, 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 and Jews wouldn't spit on them if they was on fire. Hated them. Some Orthodox teachers would even teach that they didn't even have souls. God didn't even love them. But yet he got in a bad way. Thieves come upon him and left him for dead in the ditch. And his own countrymen came by him. People that represented the law and people that represented religion come by and walk right on by. And here this Samaritan. He stopped by and showed mercy. Did, did that Jew deserve it? Probably not. He probably cussed Samaritans his whole life. Probably treated and was, it was in a racist way. Uh, to, to the same people that stopped by the way, put, put medicine in his wounds, loaded him on his own, own ride, carried him to an inn and said, you take care of him and whatever it costs, I'll pay it when I come back. What that man get? He got mercy. And here's, here's what the Bible says. When we're walking with God, we'll show mercy. We'll show mercy. Now, does this mean we're going to, we just put ourselves out there to be run over and, 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 and abused in that way? I, I don't think so. Jesus was no sissy. When he ran grown men out of the temple with a whip, y'all with me? But he was able to show mercy. He was able to show mercy. 
And the Bible says that we are to show mercy. Where, where does God want you to be merciful? See, don't come in this tent. Don't come in this tent and just get a teaching. You need to ask yourself, where does this pertain to me, Lord? Where, who do I need to be merciful to? In what area of my life do I need to be easy to be entreated? Do I need to pay attention and listen because there may be some things I need to change? In what areas of my life? Are y'all with me? Say amen. Number seven. Number seven, what will be in our life when we're following the right influence? We'll be full of mercy and good, good fruits. Underline this. <clears throat> Underline this. People who are faithful are fruitful. Underline that. People who are faithful are fruitful. God's wisdom does not make a life empty. It makes it full. The Spirit produces fruit to the glory of God. In the, in the lawyer in Luke 10, 25, he was willing to discuss the subject of neighborliness, but he was unwilling to be a neighbor and help someone else. God's wisdom is practical. It changes the life and produces good works to the glory of God. Well, now, now, here's the thing. You remember what we said earlier? Remember what we said earlier about meekness, that it was a fruit? And, and we talk about the fruits of the Spirit and all, all, the, all the fruits of the Spirit there. Do you realize fruit, fruit is not for the tree? Fruit is not for the branch. The branch doesn't enjoy the fruit. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you abide in me and I abide in you, you shall bear much fruit. Who, who enjoys the fruit? Those that you influence in Christ. That meekness and that mercy and that love, that joy, that's for others. And see, when they enjoy your fruit, then they will produce fruit. Fruit always has seed in it to produce more fruit. What are you saying? I'm saying walk with God and you will influence those around you. There will be good works in your life. You will bear fruit. They'll, they... I, grew up, I grew up in Orange Grove. Orange Grove, right behind my house. I grew up in South Florida. Most of y'all know that. There was orange trees and, and grapefruit trees. I've never seen a fruit tree going... I've never seen a fruit tree just sweating, saying, come on, fruit, come on, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it. How many of y'all be honest? Can y'all be honest about five minutes, five minutes? Can y'all be honest five minutes? Y'all can't be honest five minutes? This side's needing some help, amen? How many of you have found it a struggle sometimes to love somebody? How many of you have found it sometimes a struggle to just be merciful? I'm going to raise both my hands. Bless God, I know. But you know what? When we're spending time with Christ, it just happens. It just happens. One day you're looking at, one day you're looking at the orange grove and it's just got pretty orange blossoms on it. Then the next day you come out and there's something on it. It just happens. One day you wake up and all of a sudden you're a whole lot more merciful than you used to be. One day after spending time with Christ, all of a sudden, you know, you, you just love somebody that you used to hate. It just happens. 
And see, here's what we're trying to do. We're trying hard to be merciful. When God says, just hang out with me. If you abide in me and I abide in you, you should bear much. Don't we have all this backwards? We have preachers preaching, bless God, do everything you can to manufacture. So we go out in this world and we try hard to be a Christian. And guess how good we're all at it? If we'll all be honest. When if we'll just say, hey, let's go spend time with God. Let's go abide with Him. Now, let me say something about that abiding. This is, this is kind of off topic. And, uh, but we got plenty of time. There's something about abiding with God. When you start abiding with Him, He starts messing with you. What do you mean by that? John 15. He said, if you abide in me, he said, if you abide in me and you start bearing fruit, he said, I'm going to start pruning on you. Go read it. I'm paraphrasing, but go read it. He said, I'm going to start pruning on you because there's some things in your life I can take away and then you'll bear more fruit. Purged. What did you use the word? You're purged. Now, how many of y'all likes when God starts cutting on you? I don't. He starts taking out greediness. He starts taking out envy, and, and, and he starts taking out them grudges and showing you areas, and ooh, ooh, and you get cutting on you. And, and you know what? And then all of a sudden you start, you start seeing more of Jesus in your life. You start seeing more fruit in your life. You start seeing more love in your life. You start seeing more joy in your life. Even though the circumstances of your life hadn't changed, you start being happy. Oh, that's good. But nobody likes to be cut on. Nobody likes the pruning process Jesus has to take us through so that we will bear fruit. But I tell you what, I sure like joy. And I like peace. Y'all with me? So let, let's, let's spend time with him. Let's be influenced by him. And I guarantee you, it will change everything. It will change how we live. It will change what we believe. Listen, good fruits. Good fruits will be produced in our life. Eight. Eight. Write this word down. Decisiveness. Write that word down. Verse, verse 17. Full of mercy, full of good fruits, without partiality. This word suggests singleness of mind. And it's the opposite of, of wavering. It's the opposite of wavering in chapter number 1. Uh, you know, the, the, the Bible says a, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Can't make up his mind. Can't make decisions. What you lean on, when you lean on the world's wisdom, you are pressured from one side and then another to change your mind or take a new viewpoint. When you have God's wisdom, you need not waver. You can be decisive and not be afraid. Wisdom from above brings strength from above. What does that mean? It means that you'll hear something. You'll hear something at church, maybe, and then and then you'll you'll go home and turn the TV on, and there's a TV preacher on there, and he says something different that wants to pull you from this side, and and then all the well, what and, and what 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 what? The Bible says in Ephesians, in, in Ephesians chapter number four, the Bible says that God wants you to grow up. God wants you to grow up into Christ. He says that you be uh, henceforth, not henceforth tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. 
What does that mean? Everybody in the brothers got something to say. Everybody in the world's got to believe they want you to believe. Everybody in the world says, hey, you need to do it this way. Hey, you need to do it that way. And hey, you say, well, what do we do? The Holy Spirit will give you the ability to discern right from wrong and truth from something that's false. Are y'all with me? How many of y'all would like when you go to make decisions about things in your life that you'll be able to say, hey, this is the decision and not worry 22 days about it before making the right decision? I'd like to be able to be more decisive. And say, hey, Lord, which way do we want? Now, now, now let's be real. Let's be real. How many of y'all believe that God answers prayer? How many of y'all believe that God can tell you what's right and what's wrong? Then how come that we go days and days and weeks and months and just worry and wonder, I don't know what to do and I don't know how to, you know. I'll tell you what's wrong. You ain't spending no time with him. Here. here. The Bible says that he speaks in a still, small voice. I don't know why I can't hear him. It's geography. Let me ask you, Brother Buchanan, can you help me a minute? Real quick, man, I got eight minutes. Can you hear what I'm saying? know why you hear what I'm saying because you're pretty close to me go back over there if you can hear me wave at me but see Buchanan couldn't hear me I spoke in the same tone in the same volume as when he was standing right beside me but you see geography oh God won't speak to me he's been speaking to you but you're too far away to hear I can't make up my mind. Won't you draw close to him? How can I get close to him? That's what it says. Draw nigh to him, and he will what? And then the closer you get to him, the louder he... Do you realize, do you realize there's times in my life that his still, small voice is like a roaring lion? And you know what determines the volume? Geography. Boy, I tell you, God's speaking tonight. Decisive. Number nine. Number nine. This is really good. Good Lord, after what I've seen on Facebook, this is necessary. Without partiality and without, say it with me, hypocrisy. I saw a, I saw a, uh, uh, I think it was around Christmas time. It said something. Uh, Santa Claus has been watching. He's bringing you a Bible and clothes. Amen. That's what. 
It's amazing to me you can post verses on one post and then cuss like a sailor on another one. Or dress provocatively and then, 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 then talk about thank the Lord. Now, I think anybody ought to thank the Lord, no matter how you dress, no matter what. But, but I think there needs to be some, some, some sincerity. We shouldn't be hypocrites. The word hypocrisy here is literally to wear a mask. To wear a mask. In other words, you try to be something you're not. And boy, if there's anything we don't need to be, that's a hypocrite. We need to be real. You see, you ever wonder why <clears throat> you ever wonder why Jesus said, Come as a little child? You ever wonder why? Because a little child's real. Watch this. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. See, see this. You know what a little child will do if he don't like you? You know what an adult would do if he don't like you? Be careful when people patting you on the back. They're looking for a soft spot. Am I right? You know why Jesus said come as a little child? Because a little child is real. If he don't like you, he'll tell you he don't like you. You could be out. You could you could be out at, at dinner at somebody's house, and and they've done prepared a great meal and all that. And and, and if they ask that little Johnny, what do you think about that that casserole? He says it stinks. <laughs> and it it made you gag like a maggot, but you said it was wonderful. <laughs> Hello. You know what God is saying here? You spend some time with me, you'll be real. Now, that don't mean you can tell them that you gag like a maggot, but you, you're going to be real. Amen? Yeah, meekness. We'll, we'll, amen. Without hypocrisy. Listen, don't be an actor. Be, be real. Be real. Sometimes that gets me in trouble, but I promise you this. Whatever you see here, it'll be at Walmart. It'll be at Lowe's. It, it, don't, it don't matter where, where it is. And that's the way it needs to be. Amen? You don't need to have a church persona and, and a world persona. You need to be whatever you, whatever you are. What, I would rather see the real you than a fake you. Amen? Uh, when man's wisdom is at work, there may be insincerity and pretense. When God's wisdom is at work, there is openness and honesty. He says, speaking the truth in love in Ephesians 4.15, wherever you find God's people pretending and hiding, you can be sure the wisdom of the world is governing their ministry. Religious politics is an abomination to God. Underline that. Religious politics is an abomination to God. Faith is living without scheming. Quit trying to make people think you're something you're not. Because I promise you, you'll never be able to live up to it. All right, we got two minutes. Write this down. I'll just give them to you. I'll just give them to you. There was a, a contrast in origins, two different places that wisdom comes from. We see a contrast in operations. We saw the, the way it operates in our life. Now there is a contrast in outcomes. What comes from it? What comes from listening to the wrong influence? Look what it says in verse 16. Verse 16. For where envying and strife is, there is 
there is and every all right so number one i want you to write the word confusion the word translated confusion means disorder that comes from instability it is related to unstable in james 1 or unruly in james 3 jesus used this word to describe the convulsions of the world in the last days watch this jealousy competition party spirit all of these contribute to confusion the tower of babel in genesis 11 is a good illustration of this fact from man's point of view the building of the tower was a wise thing but god's viewpoint the project was stupid and sinful the result the result confusion even today we use the word babel to mean confusion number two write the word evil work there evil work Verse 16, confusion sets the stage for every evil work. Evil means worthless or of no account. It reminds us of the wood, hay, and stubble in 1 Corinthians 3.12. A ministry operating in the wisdom of this world may appear to be great and successful, but in the day of judgment, it may burn up. The church at Smyrna thought it was poor, but the Lord said it was rich. While the rich church at Laodicea was declared to be poor. Underline, underline this for me, all the way all the way till I tell you to stop. Underline this. The most important thing we can do in our local churches is measure our ministries by the Word of God, not by the wisdom of men, the many battles among Christians, the church splits, the absence of purity and peace, all suggest that something is wrong. Something is wrong. Perhaps that something is the absence of the wisdom of God. Underline that because you need to really focus that. What does wisdom from above give us? Verse 18. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace. Is sown in peace of them that make peace. One great thing about following the Lord, that even in troubled times, we can have peace. And all God's people say it. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for this time of study. Thank you for this opportunity to get together and just be excited about what you're doing in this place i pray that your perfect will be done in jesus name we pray and all god's people say it before you leave don't is there invites out there is there invites out there is it all right don't forget to pick up your invite cards we got to get busy guys we got to get